Welcome to Harmonia. I'm Angela Mariani. Claudio Monteverdi's long career spanned a period marked by big changes to the Italian musical landscape. He witnessed a shift from Renaissance to Baroque compositional aesthetics, the rise of the violin family of instruments, and the establishment of opera as a public institution, to name a few. From ballets to mass settings and madrigals that run the gamut from chamber pastimes to staged spectacles, Monteverdi left us a wealth of music for all occasions that continues to delight audiences of today. Join Harmonia this hour as we take a sonic journey through some of the musical places and spaces Monteverdi inhabited during his extraordinary life. Tiranno morlar der non morro bello, 
Ensemble Tenet's version of Claudio Monteverdi's Oime Kyokado Oime, Ami I Fall. Jolie Greenleaf, soprano, with violinist Robert Mealy and Avi Stein on harpsichord. This solo aria is among a small handful of Monteverdi's songs that he didn't publish in one of his own collections. Monteverdi's only personal publication to include solo songs is the Scherzi Musicali of 1632, Oi Mi Chiocaro first appeared in Carlo Milanuzzi's fourth volume of Ariose e Vaghezze in 1624. Claudio Monteverdi was born in Cremona in 1567. The city of Cremona, on the banks of the Po in southern Lombardy, was an important site in the wood industry, from which lumber from the forests of northern Italy was transported by river. The vibrant local wood trade attracted instrument makers, leading to Cremona's reputation as the home of renowned luthier families, including Amati, Guarneri, and Stradivarius. The Monteverdis lived in the same parish as Andrea Amati, patriarch of the city's violin-making dynasty, and Claudio grew up alongside Andrea's sons, Antonio and Girolamo. He was educated in the choir school of Cremona Cathedral, where the maestro di cappella was Marc Antonio Ingenieri, a virtuoso string player who taught the choir boys to play violins and viols. While he also studied singing and composition, Monteverdi's first professional appointment was as a violist to the Duke of Mantua. He never published any purely instrumental music, but the expertly crafted string parts across his compositional output remind us that he was a fiddler at heart. Our first set is inspired by the atmosphere of cathedral music in Cremona during Monteverdi's childhood.
music reminiscent of Cremona Cathedral during Monteverdi's childhood. We first heard a ricercata improvised by violinist Oliver Weber of the Monteverdi String Band, followed by two motets from Monteverdi's rarely recorded first publication, the Sacre Canciunculae of 1582. The Jur Girls Chorus sang Quam Pulcra Es. Then we heard an instrumental rendition of Angelus Ad Pastores Ait by Jean Tuberi and La Fenice, and after that Fausto Caporali played a canzone francese by Marc Antonio Ingenieri on the Cremona Cathedral organ, followed by his Cantate e Salite performed by Sestina with Mark Chambers. Monteverdi relocated east around 1591 to the court of Duke Vincenzo Gonzaga in Mantua, by then having published his first two books of secular madrigals and one collection of spiritual madrigals. He started as a violist under Maestro di Cappella Jacques de Vert. Let's hear an example of de Vert's music, Vezzosi Augelli, with its top three parts crafted for the virtuosic women singers that were all a rage at northern Italian courts in the wake of the celebrated Three Ladies of Ferrara. Yeah. 
Two pieces by colleagues of Monteverdi in Mantua. First, Jacques de Vert's madrigal Vezzosi Augelli, performed by Musica Secreta, and then Gagliarda Disperata by Salomon Rossi. Among his other musical colleagues at Mantua were Francesco Razi, Adriana Basile, Benedetto Pallavicino, Giovanni Gastoldi, and Lodovica Virana. While in Mantua, Monteverdi married virtuoso soprano Claudia Cataneo in 1599 and took over the position of maestro in 1601. Before leaving the court in 1612, Monteverdi would publish three more books of madrigals and a collection of scherzi musicali for three voices and obbligato instruments, the score to his musical theater production Orfeo, and his famous Vespers setting. Let's hear a madrigal and one of the scherzi. Oh, oh, oh. 
From Monteverdi's fourth book of madrigals, Iomi son Giovinetta by La Veneciana. Last we heard Maria Cristina Kier, Stefan McLeod, and Concerto Suave, led by Jean-Marc Ems, on Damigella Tutta Bella from the Scherzi Musicali of 1607. Despite the success of his opera Orfeo, and impressive contributions to the wedding of the Duke's son in 1608, including the lost opera Arianna, Monteverdi felt unappreciated by his Gonzaga patrons. He also was dealing with personal tragedy as his wife Claudia passed away from illness the same year that L'Orfeo premiered in 1607. Ultimately, he compiled music he had composed for various festive observances into the collection we now know as the Vespers of 1610, plus a mass setting for the Feast of Santa Barbara and several motets, dedicated the publication to Pope Paul V, and made a trip to Rome in the hopes of attracting better employment. When Monteverdi's employer, Vincenzo Gonzaga, died, the new Duke, Francesco, finally terminated Monteverdi's contract, and he returned to Cremona. In the summer of 1613, Monteverdi's fortunes changed, and he won the audition for Maestro di Capella of St. Mark's Basilica in Venice.
We just heard the ensemble In Alto with Omega for six players by Francesco Soriano, maestro of the Cappella Giulia during Monteverdi's visit to Rome. Before that, Francesco Cera played an intonation on the seventh tone by one of the most famous organists of St. Mark's, Andrea Gabrielli. We began with Stephen Stubbs leading Tragicomedia and Concerto Palatino on the first two verses of the Magnificat from Monteverdi's 1610 Vespers. Early music can mean a lot of things. What does it mean to you? Let us know your thoughts and ideas. Contact us at harmoniaearlymusic.org, where you'll also find playlists and an archive of past shows. You're listening to Harmonia. I'm Angela Mariani. Welcome back. This hour, we're exploring the extraordinary life of Monteverdi. During the glory days of the Republic of Venice, the Maestro di Capella position at St. Mark's Basilica was among the most prestigious musical appointments in Europe, rivaling the resources and splendor of the papal court in Rome in a less conservative atmosphere. Over the course of the 16th and early 17th centuries, maestros and staff musicians at St. Mark's experimented with new styles of ceremonial sacred music, taking advantage of the basilica's unique architecture and roster of fabulous performers. Top musicians also gravitated toward Venice's vibrant printing industry, and the result was a music scene unlike anywhere else. We'll sample some of what Monteverdi created for St. Mark's, as well as the secular music he continued to publish. Thank you. 
La Venetiana, performing the opening of the Gloria from the Missa Solemnis published in Monteverdi's Selva Morale e Spirituale in 1641, and then Con che suavità labbra odorate from his seventh book of madrigals published in 1619. When he wasn't taking care of business at St. Mark's, Monteverdi supplemented his income with outside commissions. One such project was the Combattimento di Tancredi e Clorinda, a semi-dramatic chamber entertainment first performed at the palace of Venetian nobleman Girolamo Mocenigo in 1624. It depicts a combat scene between the Christian knight Tancredi and Saracen warrior Clorinda in Torquato Tasso's epic Gerusalemme Liberata. The music was published 14 years later in Monteverdi's eighth book of madrigals. Most of the story is sung by a tenor narrator, but another tenor, Tancredi, and soprano, Clorinda, sing their first-person dialogue. They're accompanied by a violin band and harpsichord. In his preface to the 1638 edition, Monteverdi discusses the agitated feel, or stile concitato, he achieved, with special effects in the strings, using the first instances of what we now know as tremolo and pizzicato in music notation. We'll hear these effects in the rising tensions and exchange of blows as Tancredi and Clorinda begin their battle, and a dramatic shift in tone for Clorinda's heart-wrenching realization that she's been mortally wounded.
Excerpts from Monteverdi's Combattimento di Tancredi e Clorinda, performed by Concerto Italiano with Rinaldo Alessandrini. Our featured release this hour is the result of Monteverdi's later-in-life involvement with commercial opera. L'Incoronazione di Popea, the latest of Monteverdi's three surviving operas, premiered at the Teatro Santi Giovanni e Paolo in Venice during the 1642-43 carnival season, less than a year before Monteverdi's death. Lawyer and poet Giovanni Francesco Busanello provided the libretto, an innovative reduction of Roman history, skillfully catered to Venetian audiences, which together with Monteverdi's musical treatment intimated the hypocrisy of contemporary Rome in its condemnation of Venice as a capital of sin. Four other librettos by Busanello were set by Monteverdi's student and St. Mark's employee Francesco Cavalli, the most prolific composer of public opera in mid-17th century Venice. William Christie and Les Arts Florissants released a live recording of their Salzburg Festival production of Popea with Harmonia Mundi in 2019. Baritone Renato Dolcini as Seneca with the portentous number Le Porpore Regale et Imperiatrici, Royal and Imperial Purple, from Monteverdi's Incoronazione de Popea, Act 1, Scene 7. From this hour's featured recording, a 2019 Harmonia Mundi release by William Christie and Les Arflorissants. We'll close with the final love duet between Popea and Nerone, which may not be attributable to Monteverdi himself. The only surviving copies of the score date to 1650s revival of the production, and scholars have identified likely contributions by Cavalli, as well as Francesco Sacrati and Benedetto Ferrari, and there's evidence that Purtimiro may have been penned by the latter.
Curti miro, I gaze at you, from Act Three, Scene Eight of Monteverdi's Incoronazione di Popea. Soprano Sonia Yoncheva as Popea and Kate Lindsay as Nirone, directed by William Christie on this live recording celebrating the 40th anniversary of Les Arts Florissants. Harmonia is a production of WFIU and part of the educational mission of Indiana University. Support comes from Early Music America, a national organization that advocates and supports the historical performance of music of the past, the community of artists who create it, and the listeners whose lives are enriched by it. On the web at earlymusicamerica.org. Additional resources come from the William and Gail Cook Music Library at the Indiana University Jacob School of Music. We welcome your thoughts about any part of this program or about early music in general. Contact us at harmoniaearlymusic.org. You can follow us on Facebook by searching for Harmonia Early Music. The writer for this edition of Harmonia was Chelsea Belt. Thanks to our studio engineer, Michael Pashkash, and our production team, Luann Johnson, Aaron Kane, and John Bailey. I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join us again for the next edition of Harmonia. <laughs>